Ari Rosebaum here with another fun-filled episode of the 401k podcast. This is, I think, episode 228. We're going to talk about 401k options that plan sponsors should take a pass on. Uh, it's going to be similar to a uh, topic we'll talk a few weeks from now, which is about options and how to keep things uh, really simple. But uh, we have a, you know, quite a few uh, changes um, and differences between the two topics. But of course, first things first, net41ksite.com for further information on all our live events. Net41k National Virtual Conference next week. We have 60 or so attendees so far. Hope to get some more uh, great content, three hours each day. Go to YouTube to get more information if you miss out on anything, and um, we'll have that feed as well. $2.23 to be a part of it. I thought about increasing it over uh, Thanksgiving, but I said, ah, forget it. We want more and more people to be a part of it. Great presentations, Plan Notice, Invesco, Granite Group. Um, you know, we have uh, marketing stuff and whatnot, so it should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, we will have an agenda out by uh, the end of this week. Uh, been, you know, people have been busy after the holidays and getting me some titles for uh, presentations. But let's go to the topic at hand. Actually, I'm sorry, before we go to the topic at hand, Oakland, April 14th, Detroit, May the 3rd. Larry's working on an event in New York, hopefully, that we'll be able to book. Um, and, uh, you know, Texas right now, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I wanted to do Arlington, Texas. Problem is, you know, talking to some of the sponsors, they wanted something in May, and Texas has this deal where you can't have it the same day as a game, and I want to be in conjunction with a game, and there's one date in particular I wanted in May, and there's a high school graduation. So we'll see if we're going to do that in May, June. September, who the heck knows, and Larry's got a future Hall of Famer working on a venue, and hopefully he'll be able to get some pricing on that one as well. Go to that 4 for information. Uh, as far as, um, you know, topic at hand, uh, as a kid, I was a big fan of Family Feud. Um, I had PM Kindergarten, I didn't have an all-day kindergarten, it was something like from 12.30 to like 4 or something like that. So at 12 o'clock was, I want to say on ABC, uh, we had Family Feud. And I was a huge Richard Dawson fan. I didn't understand the gameplay, but whatever. I was a big Family Feud guy. Uh, big match game guy, too. But um, really, the first love in game shows was Family Feud. And as much as I love Richard Dawson now, I think actually Steve Harvey's a better host. But... Uh, one aspect of the game that's always fun, I don't even know about the new game if they do or not, if you win uh, the face-off challenge, Dawson would always ask the you know pe- people who won, the guy who won or the gal who won, uh, play or pass. And in history of the game, I don't remember about anyone passing. They would play it, uh, they'd get three strikes, wait for the other team to steal, and you know they would always play, I do believe, People did pass here and there. I don't even know if it's a choice anymore, but I really don't, you know, I really don't watch a lot of game shows or TV these days. Uh, when I first started working, I remember we got the Game Show Network and I was watching the uh, match game reruns and all that stuff, so it was a lot of fun. The Gene Rayburn 70s uh, match game was always fantastic. But in terms of passing, there's a lot of uh, plan options out there that a uh, plan sponsor should certainly pass on and, and not consider and whatnot because they're absolute mistakes. Number one in my book, 
immediate entry for eligible employers, uh, employees, I'm sorry. You know, 401k plans, we could have a maximum of a year of service. Obviously, we're not going to talk about the full-time, part-time exclusion. We know that uh, in 2024, uh, full-time, part-time employees are going to have to be involved, uh, enrolled, and uh, Security 2.0 cut that three-year wait to two years. So we do know that, but in terms of eligibility, um, I like immediate eligibility for deferrals. I'll talk about that when we have that next topic about the uh, you know, 401k features and uh, my KISS theory. Um, you can have entry dates twice a year. You can have monthly. You can have quarterly. You can have immediate. And I think that having an immediate entry date is the absolutely worst idea. Essentially, that means any day of the, any day of the year could conceivably be an entry date. And, you know, to me, it's like juggling. Do you want to juggle with two balls when you have dual entry or 12 balls when you have monthly entry? Or do you want 365 balls when you have immediate entry? And, you know, when you have... Um, the problems of missed deferral opportunities, you know, just too many entry dates is is hard to manage. And I don't want to go through the process of missed deferral opportunities if there's a QNAC involved. I just want people to be in as soon as possible. I don't like dual entry because I was employee once. I don't want to wait five months to get into the plan if I missed the entry date. I like quarterly. I like monthly. And again, you know, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. There is no... Uh, point, I think that if you probably did a study, plans with fewer entry dates have less missed deferral opportunities and mistakes in the allocation of employer contributions if there are less entry dates. So the more the entry dates, to me, the bigger the, you know, obviously the chance for a, a screw-up. Self-directed brokerage accounts, I've talked about it for years and years and years. Uh, you know, I joke about it when I was at Meyer Swazi, the law firm that I should really not name. Um, we had, um, we had, uh, uh self-directed brokerage accounts. The only problem was, is, you know, associate attorney, uh, and I knew other employees, I wasn't offered one too. And there was a, be a question of whether that would be discriminatory, uh, because we can't have benefits, rights, and features within a 401k plan that is discriminatory against highly compensated employees. Uh, I guess as, um, for that year, obviously, um, you know, when I got hired, I was an HC, but I know the secretaries in the office and the people in the billing department were not, and they were not offered um, self-directed brokerage accounts. So you got that problem. Another problem that I find with self-directed brokerage accounts, again, going back to that Meyer Swazi situation, you had these top uh, partners, you know, at least they were top partners in their mind. They wanted to work with their broker. So you're a plan sponsor, you have a 401k plan, you have an advisor on your plan, and the people who are directing their own investments through a self-directed brokerage account want to work with their brokers. Do these plan sponsors who allow this, do they ever vet these brokers? I'm sure they don't. And, you know, you're paying an advisor uh, a basis points on a certain plan assets. Well, you know, if you're working with a broker, those assets are going to be excluded. So it'll be maybe more expensive. And who the heck needs that? And, uh, you know, I, I don't know these brokers. And... Like I said, I don't think the trustees of the 401k plan sponsors ever do any due diligence. Um, I, I I think that participants do worse with self-directed accounts than you know people who work with a core fund lineup. I think studies have shown that. Uh, in the end, mutual funds, especially in you know index options, are always going to be a better long-term option than somebody who wants to you know 
buy AMC stock or, you know, have some weird notions of what uh, is the, you know, investment uh, of the week. Um, and then, you know, there's a question of liability. And again, you know, common sense would dictate that plant participants who direct their own investments through a self-directed brokerage account window are going to be liable for their own losses. But that, that wouldn't stop a participant from suing a plan sponsor, you know, because a plan sponsor is fiduciary of all plan assets. And if you have a participant put in 100% of their money with uh, a double inverse Chinese ETF uh, and the plan sponsor doesn't have a discussion with the plan participant uh, and the plan participant, you know, goes belly up because the Chinese stock market has uh, incredible gains, that's, that's going to be a problem, you know. There are people who lost a lot of money in AMC and GameStop. Um, I was in there for about a week. I think I made a hundred bucks or something. I'm like, I got to get out of here. Too many wild swings. You know, the problem with this country, we, we love freedom of choice, but too many choices is a bad thing. And, uh, I think self-directed brokerage accounts is, you know, we love to give people choices and it sounds really great, but it just seems to be a, a potential headache. I don't want to have to deal with plant participants who make really bad investment decisions. And my feeling is, is that plant participants have always been the least educated when it comes to making investment decisions. Who are you going to trust? Uh, the person in the file room or somebody who's an investment professional? Or, you know, uh, listen, uh, we had a lot of law firm partners who thought they were financial experts and they clearly were not. Next on my hit list, out-of-the-box definition um, of compensation I hate that. Um, again, it should be really simple. You include, you know, that whole fit within that 414S box. If you want any other weird exclusions, not only do you have to test it because it falls outside of the 414S testing comp, but you also have a problem um, of administration where people, you know, uh, include compensation they're not supposed to or they exclude compensation they're not supposed to. I think that any time you do something out of the box, it's just a, it's just a, it's a, it's a mistake. Uh, next, annuities within a 401k plan. Uh, I know we, <coughs> we went through the whole trouble of removing these annuities from 401k plans. <coughs> Because the options changed, and we could exclude we could exclude a plan that had annuities, take them out, and it wouldn't be a violation for 1186. But then the government, through maybe the insurance lobby, wanted to push annuities back into foreign key plans. Um, I don't have any plans that have annuities, and I, I don't need the trouble. I I just feel that you know if participants want to buy annuities, they could take their money, go to whatever investment professional they work with, and buy it there. I just don't think it's a responsibility for um, plan sponsors to have to vet annuity provider and deal with it. So until the IRS and or the Department of Labor acquires plans to offer annuities, I don't recommend plan sponsors to offer it. Have that lump sum distribution, maybe half partial withdrawals, and let them take their money and go and, and uh, wish them well and peace and harmony and good health and all that stuff. But if you want to buy an annuity, go to a place that sells annuities. I don't want to be involved with it. You know, I, I, I love I love my employees. You know, I don't have any employees, but I, I would love my employees. But whatever they want to do with their money after they leave – Go, go, child. <laughs> you know, that, that's how I feel about it. 
And, you know, you can call an annuity lifetime income option. I just don't want to be involved with it. I don't want to be as a, as a risk attorney having to go with my plan sponsor and vet the insurance provider, the annuity provider. I don't need that kind of trouble. Um, and again, like I said, if it's not required, goodbye. In-kind distributions and anything other than lump sum. Uh, this, again, I'll talk about it in a few weeks, again, about, you know, options and whatnot. The fact of the matter is, is... You know, plans, I remember when I first started drafting plans, uh, Marge, uh, the paralegal that I work with, suggested, yeah, you know, I should allow in-kind distributions. If people want, you know, people want it, they should have it. And we had plan sponsors, like, with weird assets. Uh, you know, I did have one plan sponsor. I don't even think it should have been allowable. He had a an antique toilet as a plan asset. Because um, I think there's a bar on collectibles. Uh, I assure you that uh, based on my uh, recent sports auctions of selling some cards and co-signing them with golden auctions, I will say that uh, I do better with graded PSA graded cards than I do with the stock market. But I know within 4K plans, uh, that's a problem. Valuation, you know, it's collectible and all that stuff. But when it comes to in-kind distributions, uh, I pass on it. People should get their cash. I don't want plan sponsors being involved with making sure that there is a in-kind transfer to somebody's IRA or somebody else's 401k plan uh, after they've moved on. Again, wishes employees well, good health, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but take the money and run. You know, don't don't go through the hassle of having to do an in-kind transfer. It's just a real headache that you don't need. Same thing again, uh, lump sum. Um, you know. Plans can offer also, you know, like I said, annuities. They can offer installments. Just be done with them. Take their money. They can move it to an IRA. They could do whatever the heck they want to do with it. It's their money. Uh, we don't have to help them out. Uh, we did what we had to do by running a, a 401k plan that held up to the fiduciary standards. We don't owe them anything else. Uh, you know, we provide them with investment education. Uh, hopefully they did well. They had a good investment professional. They had a good TPA. Uh, we put them in a good situation, and that's it. Uh, I, I I don't you know need the plan sponsors to have me deal with a headache of uh, you know something that's not their own choosing. So um, that's that with this episode of that Porn K podcast. Uh, short and sweet to the point. Kind of busy right now this week. We brought it in fifteen minutes, but. Uh, again, go to that 401ksite.com, Oakland, uh, Detroit, uh, hopefully New York uh, this year, and probably Milwaukee in September. Uh, you know, uh, we did see a, the potential guest for Oakland. I'll, I'll keep it on the wraps as who it was, but I had a, was at a car show this weekend. Saw uh, son went crazy. Got to meet uh, Buck Walter and Pete Alonzo and whole bunch of other players and whatnot so uh that was uh really uh quite uh quite the tensest when you're with like 500 and 700 other people in a room that probably should only fit 500 but uh live and and, and thank god um but anyway go to that com for further information on all our live events and be back next week for another episode of that 401k podcast thanks bye